Continuing, keep in mind what we've, we've thought about so far. Continuing, we've read the verses in Ephesians chapter 5. This time let's read Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And I'll just read it quickly for you. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 says this, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things which are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. I've entitled this session, this session The Power of Music. And I know that I'm not going to get done. In fact, I'm planning on finishing this afternoon after lunch. So at some point, we're going to have to take a break. So if you can, try to mentally keep this together as, as we move through this. The Power of Music. And so in this session, I'm not looking so much at uh, very many scriptures. That comes a little later in, in this uh, series where we'll be looking at more scriptures. So here's a, here's a question for you to ponder. Which matters the most in music? The music or the lyrics? Think about that. Which matters the most? I think, here's my personal preference coming out now, I think they both matter. They, they got to go together. I'm sure that all of us would agree that the words of a, of a song will determine whether it's good or bad, which bottle it comes from. But what about the music itself? Does it carry a message and does that message matter? Like I said earlier, many people today think that the music in and of itself is neither right or wrong. But I believe it's very possible for the vehicle of music, the, the music itself, to contaminate what is otherwise good stuff. And that was my point with that drop of oil in my drinking water. Or the music itself can bring a, a clashing message than the words actually are. Okay, let's imagine a piano up here. You push middle C. Is that good or bad? Is that righteous or evil? We would say, well, no, it's just a note. And I, I think that's right. Just a note. Um, it doesn't really carry a message in itself necessarily, but when you put a whole bunch of notes together in an organized way, now you got a message. Think about our alphabet, the letter Q. Is that good or bad? No, it's just the letter. But you add the letter Q to a whole bunch of other letters in an organized way, now you got a message, and that message is good or bad, or one of these bottles. That message could be cuss words, or that message could be beautiful words that please God and bless us, and the same is true from music. Here's a quote from Sandy Patty, a longtime CCM artist from years ago, uh, quite a popular lady in her day, and I quote, this is what she said, music is a very powerful force. It has a way of breaking down barriers, but a lot of artists today are taking that very powerful tool and putting negative, horrible lyrics to it. And those lyrics are getting into the hearts of the listeners and shaping their values. Why can't we, as CCM musicians, 
take that same powerful force, music, put positive lyrics to it, and begin shaping values that way. End quote. Now, I would just say that I agree with everything she says. But I would also have to say that what I think, what she says is incomplete. Because I believe with all my heart that music in and of itself also sends a message. And that's what we're thinking about here in this session. Music is not neutral. Most of it is not neutral. Because music moves us. And that's what this message is about. Can we put good words to the music of the world and expect the message to be consistent and clear? Again, our bottle illustration. Yes, words do affect us. Yes, words matter. But so does the music itself. And if the music itself affects us, then the music itself is a moral issue. It does matter. And I believe it's a common but a very unwise mistake to overlook the power of music and how it affects us. Brain specialist Dr. Richard Pellegrino, I think is how you say his name, said this, and I quote, Take it from a brain guy, in 25 years of working with the brain, I still cannot affect a person's state of mind the way a simple song can do. End quote. I think he has a point. So today we're thinking about the power of music. And we're going to be listening to some music clips that demonstrate that fact. And since music, even without words, affects our thoughts and feelings, then it has moral implications. And have, as Christians, we have a responsibility to the Lord to surrender everything to the Lordship of Jesus Christ with His grace and power to be able to live life and to restrain our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and our actions because they're all underneath the, the Lordship of Christ. And since music is so powerful, we are wise to be careful in our music choices. So another question, has Satan left music alone? And we would say, no, he has not left music alone. He is very involved. Of course he is. Do you think Satan uses music to try to influence and control people? I think he does. And so, there is a spiritual side to this thing of the music itself. It's not an amusing toy to play with. It's a little hard to draw clear lines what's proper and what's not. And I'm not going to necessarily try to do that here this weekend. But I want you to think. Because music has power, we need to be wise with it. Music has consequences. Now, we're all aware that there's some music that has very little impact on us. Uh, nobody, I doubt, has been tremendously impacted by, I don't know, Jack jumped over the candlestick. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Or the, the, the little nursery song that about the spider going up the water spout we haven't our lives haven't been changed by that but most music is written and sang and produced and played with purpose i would gather very little music is purposeless there's motive behind it now, I do not want to spend all our time here this weekend, weekend saying bad, 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 bad. 
We know there's bad music out there. In fact, I'm really not going to focus a lot on the secular world of music. What we want to think about is what Christians are involved with. So I don't want to spend all my time saying bad, 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 all the wrong music. I also want to emphasize that good music, what an opportunity we have to fill our minds with good music that will encourage us in the right direction, the right path. And it glorifies God and it's part of of how we worship God. Positive. Music can be so tremendously positive. So where should those lines be drawn in our music choices? Science says that music affects us. Talking about music itself, not the words. Well, words affects us too, but I'm I'm focusing on the music itself. Science says that music affects us. The rock and roll industry says that music affects us. And I could quote secular and music experts for a very long time that say the same thing. The music affects us in deep ways. In fact, there's a couple of books I have up here. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is for any of you that like to read and do some research. I don't agree with everything in these books, but they have a lot of good information. Why I left the contemporary Christian music movement. Here's a professional musician who left the praise and worship uh, things they were doing in church. Dan Lucarini, I think is his name. It's, it's an old book. It was printed back in 2000, what was it, six? 2002. So it's been around a long time and probably outdated in some ways. But uh, has some excellent um, thoughts in it, if, if you're interested. Same author with, a, with a, a different uh, man helping him. Can We Rock the Gospel? Rock Music's Impact on Worship and Evangelism. And I'm not going to go through this, uh, uh, what they all have to say. If you want to do some research, these guys have done a lot of research in what, the, especially the rock and roll industry, uh, what they say their music is intended for, what the purpose is. Very, very fascinating. Again, I don't agree with everything they say, but they have some good points. Graham Cray is the former chairman of the Greenbelt Festival, a three-day Christian music event. I'm not sure if it's still going or not, but a number of years ago it was, before COVID at least. least. Uh, And with groups in this Christian music event, all the way from acoustic to junk funk, all the way from classical music to hardcore. And this is what he said, former chairman of this this, uh, festival. In all, and I quote, in all pop music, lyrics are secondary. Pop music is the music of feeling, spoken primarily to the body and only secondarily to the intellect, end quote. That's interesting to think about. Can you and I taste music that has been mixed with the things of the world and not affect us? Can we mix the two kingdoms? We're going to think a lot about that. Suppose up here on the wall we have a big poster, Okay. We have to imagine it, but uh, beautiful picture, beautiful words. Let's say a picture of the Blue Ridge Mountain at sunrise. And underneath is a verse that says, the verse about going and uh, looking into the hills for whence cometh our help. Beautiful. I think we'd all agree that that would be uh, an encouraging poster for us to look at. We would benefit from that. 
Actually, I would benefit from uh, someone would refill my water. I'm not, I don't want to drink this one anymore. <laughs> if you could. Thank you, Rich. Um, I suppose we could have a neutral poster with neutral words, and we'd say, well, that's neither right or wrong. You know, it's just neutral. But suppose we had a spiritual painting. Let's say Moses parting the Red Sea. Okay, you can picture that in your mind. And underneath that painting of Moses parting the Red Sea would be cuss words. Moses cussing the Red Sea apart for the children of Israel. We would say, whoa, something's wrong here. That doesn't fit. That doesn't work. And you'd be right. It's not appropriate. The painting and the words don't match. The, words were, the cuss words were not made good words by the picture. Let's change our poster. Now we got a, a close-up of a, a picture of Jack Daniel's whiskey bottle. You know, with, with the, the beads of water running down the outside like the marketing experts like to do. And underneath this picture of... Thank you, Rich. Underneath this picture of this bottle of cold whiskey are the words of a, of a Bible verse. What do you think of that poster? We would say, no, that doesn't work. This is two different worlds, two different kingdoms, two different philosophies. The picture and the words don't match. It's a clash of kingdoms. In music, we cannot mix the message of the gospel and the message of the flesh in the world without the gospel being diluted and even eliminated. Jesus said that a house divided itself will not stand. And remember we said in, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 where it talks about a spiritual song singing to yourself. Uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What's a spiritual song? It's a non-carnal song. I hope we, we catch that. We are to sing and to fill our minds with non-carnal music. So, as Christians, we're constantly making choices in life. We do it every day, all the time. You made some today. <clears throat> you have to choose what's good, what's bad, what's in between, and, and make judgment calls. And hopefully we throw away the bad and embrace the good. That's not a new concept to us. So my plea for us today, especially when it comes to discipleship and ministering to my soul, to your soul, that we get whatever ministers to our soul from a, a pure source. And we are sure that what is ministering to our soul comes from a good place. That's why we walk upstream, to see what's up there. That's why we don't want a drop of motor oil in our drinking water. And yet, it's a very, very common thing for exactly that to happen with our music. I'm not pointing to anybody because I'm a person too. And it's very easy for my music to become contaminated. So, today's Saturday. So what would you think if your preacher was at the bar last night? got stone drunk and now I'm hung over and I'm telling you how you ought to live life. How would you feel about that? Well, I would hope you would send me home because I have nothing to say. 
because I haven't demonstrated that I'm living the life that I'm telling you to live. In order for my words to have any weight, it's got to be real in my own life. It's got to be genuine. And that's the way it needs to be in music. And I would challenge us to think carefully, not only the content of our music, but where that music comes from. So we're going to listen to a few samples. I don't know if everyone's okay with listening to instrumental music, this kind of thing, in, in a service. I will say that I struggled with this myself. This is not something we normally do. But I know of no better way to demonstrate what we're talking about than to actually listen to what we're talking about. It's great to talk about music in theory, but I think we need to actually listen to something to help us understand. And what I'm calling this is the building blocks of music. Now, there are people here that are a lot more skilled at music than I am. I am sure of that. I would say I have music in my soul, and I love music, and music has impacted me greatly, and maybe that's the way it is for you. We're all different. I was just talking to someone just a few minutes ago that said, you know, music is not that big an impact in his life, and we're different. Some of us are affected deeply and are much more involved in music. But let's think about music itself, and what I'm about to share is way oversimplified. I understand that. But let's think about this. <clears throat> What I have here to begin with is eight different short little clips of the simple song, Jesus Loves Me. Okay? It's played on a, key, uh, a keyboard and then a piano. And a special thanks to my good friend, Linwood, who uh, provided this uh, on our very imperfect keyboard. This is not professionally done. But I'm just trying to make a point here. There's no words in this clip. We're just focusing on music itself, okay? Although we know the words to Jesus Loves Me. So no words, just music. So I asked Linwood to play Jesus Loves Me with one finger. Okay? Let's see what that sounds like. That's melody. Uh, that's okay, I guess. A little stark, maybe, and, and uh, incomplete without a harmony to go with it. But music is built on melody. Without melody, you don't have music, or I don't think so. So let's add harmony and some chords to this little tune. better, a little more body, a little more uh, full, a little more complete. Think about this, if you had put music on the board up here as an illustration that demonstrates the way music works. Probably something like this, uh, if you put the most important thing at the top and the other things underneath it that need to be in, uh, underneath 
the most important thing. I would say melody is at the top. It's foundational. Now, most of the time we think of foundations being underneath. But in this case, the most important thing is at the top on our chart over here. And so melody has got to be at the top or very close to the top. Everything hangs on or is built uh, underneath melody. The harmony, I think, comes under the melody and, and complements the melody. Okay? But it never overpowers the melody. Uh, when these young people were singing up here, there was melody, there was harmony that blended together. It all was a, was a, a, a combination. But the melody had to be there or it wouldn't be complete. And then there's rhythm. Now, we haven't talked about rhythm yet. But rhythm was there in those songs that that group sang up here. Rhythm was there in that little piano, uh, keyboard piece, Jesus Loves Me. Rhythm was there. And rhythm is needed. Rhythm is important. It holds everything together and gives music a pulse. So it's a way for all the different parts to work together. But rhythm needs to be in its proper place. And you know as well as I do, in the music of the world, this whole thing is reversed. Rhythm becomes the most predominant thing. And harmony in the middle, melody, is, is at the bottom. And in some cases, melody is even missing. It's all about the rhythm and the bass notes. And so I would challenge you in your favorite music, or you're considering music, which order are those things? Melody, harmony, rhythm. Now, I can't turn to a verse that says, Thou shalt have music in this order. But God is a God of order. He created things with purpose. And every example in Scripture of music, melody is always priority. Now, I'm sure there's other things that were involved with their music. But melody is very very much a priority. So I am convinced that this is the order God intended music to be. And we all know that when we emphasize rhythm, especially at, at the uh, expense of one of the other things, it really changes the message of the music. So how does music speak to us? Well, melody speaks to our intellect, to our mind. We think about the words. Harmony, I think, often speaks to our emotions. Rhythm, especially rhythm that is overemphasized and not in its quiet row, often speaks to the body. And so when you put these things in the wrong order, you can understand what happens to our flesh when these things are not in the order that they should be. Does rhythm affect music? I think it does. Listen to this. By the way, same music clip.
be merciful. What's wrong with that? Way too slow. Our minds go much faster than that. It's almost hard to... So what, what was that song? Your mind can't think that slow, if you, musically at least. Rhythm and tempo affects us. How about this one? Same music clip. It affects us. Changed the whole song, in my opinion. Rhythm is essential in music to keep everything together. It changes the way music feels. How about this one? Same music clip. I wish you could see yourselves. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Something's wrong, right? The rhythm's messed up. What I did, I messed with it, with the music clip on my computer, with a program. I gave that music clip an echo, and then gave the echo a different tempo. And it destroyed that song, in my opinion. And I... Some of you were like, that isn't right. I could see it on your face. It doesn't work. Rhythm affects music. All right, clip number six. Same music clip. Wow, wow. I would venture to say the fact that Jesus loves me did not enter your head as I played that music clip. That was the same music clip. So I've changed a few things, even though it was the same music clip. And as we listened, we probably thought, what is that? And the message of the song, oblivious to it. And my point is, did you notice within seconds, within seconds, how a distraction totally changed how we were affected by music? Music has power. We just demonstrated it. Without words, it affected you and I. I didn't tell you to forget the words, but your brain shoved the words out of out of sight, out of mind, because here's a distraction. What is that? Gave you a new thought to consider. Never, ever let someone tell you that it's only the words in a song that matter. And music doesn't affect us. Baloney. The bad timing affected the music in our minds just now. The weird sounding music just booted the intended message right out the door. Simple song but it completely changed what our minds were hearing and thinking about. Music has power. 
How about this one? Same song, different recording. Think about that. I'll call it a nervous recording of Jesus Loves Me. Why? Well, it's played in a minor key, and it has a very, very different feel to it. We're accustomed to seeing Jesus Loves Me, happy, positive, bouncy sort of sound. That was different. And I'm not here to say that's evil. I'm just saying it's different, and, and uh, you, you were affected in a different way. It's almost as if the song was saying, does Jesus love me? That's nor- not normally how we sing Jesus loves me. There's a sense of unease. And I have no other choice but to say that that unease was brought to us by the music itself. I didn't tell you to be uneasy. You weren't instructed to do that, but the music has power to bring that uneasiness right into us. That's the power of music. Clip number eight. Nothing weird this time. Just the simple joy of a beautiful song. You take simple melody, add beautiful harmony to it, a proper rhythm that's in its place, and suddenly it's powerful. And when you really think about it, maybe the hair on your arm stand up is, is powerful. You combine the, the, the tremendous message of that simple little song with a proper music that also carries that same message, and it's powerful. So, in all the changes I did to the, the little song, Jesus Loves Me, none of those changes had to do with lyrics. It all had to do with the way the music was played, and the rhythm, and so on. And all those changes affected us. It's incredible how God made music to affect us. What a gift we have, and so we need to be very careful with this gift. If it can affect all of us in this room in the very same way within seconds... This is a powerful thing. What about syncopation? You know what syncopation is? I'm not an expert on these sorts of things, but in your book, a lot of songs are written in 4-4 timing. Uh, And normally, in the way we sing songs in a gathering, church gathering, the emphasis is, uh, and the rhythm is on the first and third beat, with the, the first beat being the, the one that's predominant in a 4-4 timing song. And I'm not going to explain all that here today. But one of the things that happens when Christian music, or a hymn, for example, is put to the music of the world, is that the emphasis is changed from the first and third beats to the second and fourth beat. Now, is that okay? There's a lot of different opinions about that. It's called syncopation. Does that matter? Some people call it dance music because of the way that that 
the way it affects us, it tends to speak to the body. And there's different opinions on this issue, and I'm not here to give my opinion necessarily, but I have talked to people who are experts on these sorts of things. And there's different opinions, but they all agree, the people I've talked to all agree that changing the rhythm and the emphasis on where, where, where the beat is uh, changes, it gives, it gives the music a different feel. The classic rock and roll rhythm is almost always the second and fourth beat is where the emphasis is. And that gives the music the power to move the body. It's a dance rhythm. And I'll just leave it at that. I just want to leave that as assumption for you to think about. I can't turn to a scripture that says, Thou shalt have the emphasis on the first and third beat. Or first, yes, first and third beat. But it does affect the way, the the message that, that comes through. Think about that. Next point I'd like to make is that music has body language, and I'll just do it this way. <clears throat> I'll try to demonstrate what body language is. So I smile, I spread my arms, and I say, I love my wife. What do you think about that? You probably say, well, good for you. I intended my body language to complement my words, right? Does that make sense? So what if, well, I love my wife. What if I do it this way? I roll my eyes, I look bored, I yawn, I shrug, I shrug my shoulders. I, you know, I love my wife. You would say, really? I think you got some work to do. Sarcastic, negative, bored, fake, insincere, uncaring. Maybe that's how you would describe it. The words were the same, but the body language was different. It contradicted the words. So, if I would grip my teeth and say, I love my wife, you would say, you got some problems, buddy. You need to work on. The body language is telling you anger, impatient, in-your-face attitude. Things are not going so well at home. It's the same words, but the body language was telling you something different. In fact, the body language... Uh, overrode what the words said. And I'm not going to demonstrate a romantic say, way to say those words. I would embarrass you and I would embarrass her. She's sitting back there. So I'm not going to do that. But if, if I would tell my wife in a romantic way that I love her, and I do, I would hope, I would intend that, the, that my body language would complement the words. Hope you get what I mean. Can we apply that truth to music? Music has body language. The lyrics matter, and the music with all its body language also matter. I hope that makes sense. Music has power to move us. Don't ever let anyone tell you that only the words matter. Music is a powerful thing. The music industry is a billion-dollar industry. Why are billions of dollars spent on music? Because music affects us in a very deep way. There's almost nothing in the world that affects us the way a song or music can affect us so completely and and change the the state of heart or, or the mind the way music can. Music can illustrate almost every human emotion. Sorrow, 
happiness, loneliness, discouragement, fear, anger, love, tenderness, despair, peace. And the list could go on. Music can illustrate all those things and affect us in very deep ways. So I'm an amateur musician, right? So one of the things I love to do is come up with these little tunes. I'll be playing and something, something clicks and I'm like, what was that? And so I, I, I do that again and I'm like, ooh, that could be turned into something. And I work on it, I work on it. Maybe I'll combine it with something else I've been working on. And after a while, out comes a tune. So I had this little tune, I called it Off in the Distance. Doesn't that sound cool? Off in the Distance. And what I, what I envision in my mind is a coyote out on the ridge in the full moon. He's all alone and he's lonely and he's crying out for companionship. Or You get the picture? This is what I'm thinking as I'm playing this little tune. Okay? So that's, that's been, I don't know, probably a year ago. Here recently, in the last month, I come up with a different tune. And it's happy, it's cheerful, you know, bouncy little tune. And I'm working on this thing. And my wife comes by and she says, you know, I don't like that other one that you were playing. I like this one a lot better. I said, really? Why is that? She said, that other one sounds so mournful. And I thought, yes, that's exactly what I was trying to bring out. I didn't tell her it was mournful, but that's exactly what I had in mind. And she, she bless her heart, she, music, I'll say it this way, I'm very kind, try to be. She, music is not her area of expertise, okay? But she picked up on it. That music clip that she heard me playing sounded mournful, and the other one was happy and cheerful and positive. The message came through without words or without me saying anything about that. So back in the days of silent movies, there was no soundtrack. I mean, if you went to the theater, and back in those days, no soundtrack, you would go there, there'd often be a piano player over in the corner somewhere, and he would play music that went along with whatever was showing on the screen. And in a romantic scene, it would be played in a certain way. In a scary scene, it would be played in a very different way. Why do they do that? Because music speaks to us. It, it sends us messages. In a, music, uh, in a, in a movie... If you're listening to the music, you know where the scary parts are, right? Because that's when they play that kind of music. That's the message that they want. Music is still used in the entertainment industry because it has power. We've all heard the music at the grocery store that says, I guess, we're glad you're here. We hope you buy stuff. Now, I don't know if that's what they, they want or not. They obviously want people to enjoy whatever they're playing. But do you remember the effect of music on King Saul, 1 Samuel chapter 16, when Saul's having some trouble, and David comes and plays music and affected him very powerfully. I don't know if David sang or not. The Bible doesn't tell us. It does say that he played his harp, and Saul had some relief. And I don't know how to explain all what happened there, but music has power. We're going to stop here. And when we come back, we're going to listen to some more music clips. So hold the thoughts that we have here. 
and we'll come back and pick up where we left off.